0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quilter's. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi everyone. Wendy the Weekend Quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Emily of Emily Watts Quilts. Hi. Um, So before we kind of jump into all of our talk today about quilts, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Emily?
1: I am a mom, an animator, and a quilter from Santa Monica, California. I also really enjoy houseplants, flea markets, and boba tea. And I should probably this- work on my branding because that's just a bunch of random stuff.
0: Is, it, is, your, is that the order of preference or is it like an equal plants, thrifting, boba tea?
1: I think I'd have to move boba tea to the front if we're okay. putting it in terms of <laughs> rankings.
2: How are you okay. surviving with the boba shortage on the West Coast? I make my own boba tea. So oh. I have, I have a
1: stockpile of boba pearls, so I'm totally fine. Oh. Is there much, a
0: pati- oh, yeah. How much did you stock up?
1: I mean, like a lot. I have both <laughs> quantities of it that I bought online at the beginning of the pandemic and then just been working through it.
2: Nice. Is there a particular brand that you'd recommend?
1: No, I just, I pick it randomly. I just go online. <laughs> I like all Boba. I mean, I'll, if you, there's like a, I don't know, a gas station boba, I would drink it. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm an, I'm a uh, boba addict, but I guess I'm not like a connoisseur. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, you just need your fix and you're good. I just need my fix. Yep. So we kind of know the story behind your Instagram handle, right? Isn't it, it's your name, isn't it? Yeah, it's Emily Watts Quilt. Yeah. I really, okay, so I I've flexed talk. my creative
1: muscle on that one.
0: <laughs> Was it always your name or did you ever change it or have you like had second thoughts about going just with your name? No, you
1: know, I've started like so many different businesses over the years and different side hustles and stuff. And I just kind of, yeah, I, every time I picked a name a year later, I'm like, that's so cheesy. I hate that. And I just, then I always want to change them. So on this, I just I decided to keep it simple and just be like, you know, you're stuck with your name. So I'll, I'll just go with my name so I don't later regret it. Can you share your biggest regret of naming? Hmm. I don't think any of them are particularly bad. It's just, you get tired of them, right? So yeah. I think my The one that I maybe second guessed the most was I had this um, business that never really got off the ground, but I wanted it to make like a a shoe repair business where if you had like really nice shoes, you would mail them in and there'd be like prepaid labels. And then I would like, you know, fix up your shoes for you and make them beautiful again and send them back to you. And um, I wanted to call that one long live the shoe. And I had like a, I had the website for it and everything, but it was never operational. Do you have? Wait, I need to know. Do you have like cobbler experience? Or? No, I figured I would just figure that out once. <laughs> that I'm like Elizabeth Holmes style
0: of startup, but luckily I Please didn't tell do me anything that
2: black,
0: could. you wore black turtleneck, while selling people on in a very
1: shoes low voice, and, no, and I at least I didn't, you know, do anything criminal. But I do do have a lot of, you know, just side hustle ideas all the time.
2: (laughs) So tell us more about your quilting journey. How did it all begin?
1: I started quilting, I think about four years ago. And I have a very sweet neighbor named Judith and she's retired. I think she spends much of her time quilting. Um, and she invited me over to her house one day for some tea and quilting and who can say no to that, right? (laughs) So I got there and no kidding. She had set up a full classroom for me in her kitchen and she walked me through how to use a rotary cutter and how to make a half square triangle. And she gave me an acrylic ruler and a few quilting books. And she told me to go make a quilt. And then she checked in on me weekly she <laughs> hold me accountable to see how it was going. So I had to deliver for Judith. And so, but you know, she started me off on this hobby that I became obsessed with. So thank you, Judith. Did you try to avoid her
2: for a few weeks? <laughs> You
1: know, I, I, I turned down the offer multiple times before I finally just said, you know, just go, go, it could, it'll be fun. Go to Judith's house, have some tea and learn about quilting of all things. So, but, so it was
0: an unsolicited offer to learn to, to it teach the quilt. And she was persistent.
1: And, you know, of course now, thank you. Thank you for being so persistent. But yeah, that's how I stumbled upon it. I
0: wonder, <laughs> I wonder what it was that like. She identified in you as a quilter. Like I'd be curious to hear Judith's side of the story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, she just said that she thinks more young people need to learn to quilt. I put "young" for myself in quotes too because I'm not that young. But you know, I guess just relative, <laughs> relatively young. She just wanted to find a young person to pass it pass it along to.
0: Judith's on a mission.
1: I know I she's it. amazing.
0: Had you um, had you grown up um, sewing or? Doing other sorts of needle crafts or anything? None. Nope. No, I went in cold.
1: Judith uh, wow. had, yeah, <laughs> Judith had a lot on her hands, and she she did show me some sewing machine basics. Even I mean, mm. but yeah, she was teaching a absolute amateur novice, never touched a sewing machine person.
0: So was that? So did you buy a machine, like, or were you stitching by hand? Or no, I went and got a machine.
1: I went to Walmart, and you know, just got whatever machine was on the shelf. And, you know, and it, honestly, it worked fine for a while. It was fine. Yeah. So no, no, I have no um, qualms about just picking up a, whatever Walmart machine off the shelf. It worked great. They so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Gets the job laughs> you just get really, you get picky and needy later. But
0: <laughs> but I feel like then you're justified. Yeah. <laughs> when you started off with Judith, I'm assuming that it was more kind of traditional quilting techniques, really focusing on the basics. Uh, now you're working on some really cool, wild stuff. Um, can you kind of talk about the evolution of your quilting style and how your work as an animator plays into it?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yes, working with Judith, she taught me the traditional blocks. And I actually thought as I kind of started to play with this more illustrative style that she was going to be horrified. <laughs> but um, she has been so supportive. She is so cool. Like, she just – she is encouraging me to like take it further and make it crazier. I mean, it has been very surprising. I thought that she would be appalled, but she was (laughs) very supportive. Um, But it is, yeah, the style of my quilts now, I think is very similar to the type of artwork that I work in um, with 2D animation. It's kind of a similar illustration process where, you know, when I'm at my computer, I'm painting down fill colors and then adding some texture and finishing with line work, um, which is, you know, the clean outline around the shapes. So I just brought that same drawing process to fabric in my quilts.
0: What's been the hardest thing to translate from um, animation into quilting? I think
1: trying to bring that movement because animation is about movement. You know, you get all the, the, the life comes from the movement. And I think in quilting, I want it to feel dynamic like that and fun and exciting and have that humor. But, you know, it's a still flat, canvas. And so I think, yeah, trying to bring some of that sense of life to a quilt is is my main challenge.
2: So for someone that wants to add movement to their quilts, what sort of tips or tricks or sort of ideas that they could do that? I think
1: to get movement in the quilt, just keep Yourself moving. So don't stop. You know, I think I tend to overthink things a lot and I really, I'm a planner by nature. And so in most of my life, I am very like prescribed and I need to think about this and lay this down and then I'll, you know, I'll just second guess it and and tinker with it. And I think that is probably where you're going to lose the movement is when you stop moving. So if you can just design a quilt and just keep moving, if it doesn't look good, just leave it. Keep going. You can take it out later, and just um, you know, continue to essentially draw, add something, um, cut something, lay lay something down, and then and don't stop and undo all the time. Like just just keep moving forward. And I think that your just your physical movement of continuing to layer and create is going to translate into
0: movement in the design. Do you, um, do you do original sketches or, or things to start off before you start diving into a quote project? I keep
1: it pretty minimal. Mo- my design process is typically randomly thinking of an idea and then I text it to myself. And then later <laughs> I will go through my text messages and anything any text message that I can like still decipher what it meant because most of it is like, what does garbage ring fall thing mean? And I'll be like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. Okay, I won't do that one. But if there's something that's clear enough that I'm like, oh, I remember what that idea was. Okay, then I'll do one sketch and that's it. We're like five minutes and then whatever it is, just start working from that. Because like I said, I am a chronic overthinker in so many parts of my life that I'm, I'm, I've almost overthought the process of like, do not think about it in quilting like you need to move fast you need to just your process has to be put limitations on the
0: amount of time you spend thinking about this and then just go create so I feel like when people um you know are tackling a new pattern or something like that like to your point it's a lot of over planning you pick out your fabrics at the start and you kind of go and I know that's not applicable to all quilts but for a fair number um so for you who's kind of going with a more organic flow of the process Do you have like your scrap bin on hand? Like how do you tackle getting fabrics for quilts and that sort of planning? Yeah,
1: I have my scrap bin on hand and then I just have all the yardage that I have hoarded over the years that (laughs) I was saving, you know, for the perfect quilt and the perfect design because I wanted the palette perfectly planned out and I wanted everything to match. And so then I ended up with all this really beautiful fabric that I was (laughs) too scared to use. I was too scared to cut into because I just, you know, didn't think I had like the right one. And so I just sit down next to those stacks of fabric and say, nope, I'm cutting you up. I don't, you know, like I am not saving any of this anymore. This quilt I'm working on now is, deserves to have the prettiest fabric and it's fine. I'm not saving you anymore. So that's how I work. I'm like, whatever is the one I'm the most scared to cut into. Cause I'm like, this print is so precious. Um, I'm like, that's <laughs> the one that's getting chopped. It deserves to go just cut don't think about it, you ruin it, you get ridiculous shaped um scraps over and dangly things. And that's been my goal is just like get over that fear of cutting into your fabric. And because there's all just remember there's always more beautiful fabric coming mm-hmm. out. <laughs> and so just use it up because it, it gives you a reason in the future to buy that next print that you love.
0: It's a good reminder. Yeah. <laughs> I am so precious about my prints. Yeah, I, I am too.
2: I mean, that's how we end up having a lot of fabrics. <laughs> yes. Do you ever find that your quilting influences your animation work? I
1: think that quilting influences my confidence as an animator because I didn't go to art school and animation is actually a second career to me. And I had to make this transition from the business side of a company to the creative side. And I think that that was really daunting because you have to convince people that you're a creative person. And I think sometimes we tend to equate expertise with specialization and that to think anyone is an expert at something, it has to be like the only thing they've ever done. And so I think it's in particularly in art, people are very purist about it, that it's like, if you are not an artist from life and you were (laughs) born to do it, then you're not a real artist and they won't take you seriously. Um, So I think, I think having quilting as this additional artistic outlet um, that I've had has really helped me tackle some of that imposter syndrome that I would have um, in my work as an animator.
0: You've mentioned in some of your recent posts that you've been kind of experimenting with blending some of the that absurdist spirit of animation. Um, those are your words. I don't want to take credit for that, but in that into quilting, can you kind of walk us through some of your most recent experiments? Yeah, I guess I should explain
1: what I mean by absurdist spirit. Um, So like a typical meeting at work, we might spend 20, 30 minutes talking about whether this goat exploding from the stomach of this cat character (laughs) looks realistic, but can we also make the intestines look a little cuter? And so you'll have this meeting and everyone discusses it with total seriousness, like with straight faces. No one asks, well, why is that happening? Why is the goat coming out of the cat's stomach? It's just happening. Anything can happen. Why wouldn't a goat burst through a cat's stomach? It's it, that's just happening. You have to take that for a given. Um, and I really enjoyed that. It's so funny to me. So I've stopped questioning and kind of overthinking the logic and the cohesiveness of my quilt designs. You know, it's like, should this quilt have a giant green toe with yellow tail nail polish floating above like a piece of, bubble tape gum from the 80s yes obviously it should (laughs) like why why would it not Um, so that's kind of that's like the experiment of my quilt is like I don't think about it I don't think about what is this design what is you know what's the palette what's the cohesiveness it's like that's just a given whatever I cut out and I put on there of course that works that's
2: fine just go with that (laughs) Um, So looking at your recent works, um, you incorporate bias tape um, to outline different shapes on your quilt top. Um, And that's one of the distinctive styles that you have. Um, Could you tell us more about that technique and how you came across it?
1: Yes. The first quilt I ever made was actually a bias tape applique quilt that I made um, for my daughter when she was a baby. And at that time, I did not know that there was an actual category of stained glass or Celtic quilts that used this technique. It was just for me, it was kind of like drawing. And I thought I was going to, you know, make a little drawing for her on a quilt. So I was just winging it. And, um, you know, and I had that machine that my first machine that really couldn't handle that many layers of fabric, and it was a very frustrating process. So I put that aside, and I moved on to kind of more traditional quilt blocks and, and other things. And I put the bias tape in a closet and, um, and I didn't go back to it. But I think it was Two or three. It was years later I discovered tutorials on stained glass quilt technique, and that made it so much easier. I was like, (laughs) okay, people actually use this. There are you. There's like twin needles you can use, and there's just you know, there's fusible bias tape that you can lay down the design with. So once you know quilters, there's always a more clever way to do it if you find someone who's done it before. There is always a clever trick to it. So. When I discovered that, that there was a stained glass quilt technique, then I gave it another try. And I did the quilt for um, the quilt con Fabric Challenge a couple of years ago. And that quilt got first place in that category, which was a total shock to me because none of my quilts had ever even gotten into the show. They, you know, I've never even shown one there. And then that quilt won. So I took that as a sign to keep exploring the style. The bias tape, is that... Hand sewn, or do you machine sew that on? I machine sew it, and I use a twin needle so that it um, sews down two lines down, like both sides of the bias tape. Oh,
0: Interesting. yeah. Is that how you mainly work with kind of um, odd shapes?
1: Yes, yeah. So I just kind of cut the odd shapes with scissors, with shears, free form, and then I pin them down. And then um, I use fusible bias tape. If if I'm just using the black outline, I get the Clover fusible bias tape, which is a it's a pretty temporary hold. So you you know you iron it down around the edges, and you need to sew it pretty soon after that. Um, if I'm making my own bias tape, if I want like a custom color, then I'll use a little bit of um, Roxanne glue base to hold it okay. down until I sew it.
0: That's so cool. I haven't played around with... I didn't even know that fusible bias tape was a thing. Yeah, it's me mean, so you know. okay. I think my mind is melting right now out of the <laughs> amount of information. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, for anyone who wants to give it a try, there is a Rob Appel man sewing video called Make a Monstera Leaf Quilt. I think that's Ooh. what it's
0: called. Make a
1: Monstera Leaf Quilt with Rob. And that has... I basically... I would say that is a complete overview of my process because I copy I think almost everything he does. I think the only thing I added to his process is that I do zigzag stitch my shapes down first around the edges just so they're not fraying from underneath hmm. the bias tape and you don't have to be so precise about making sure you're catching the edge under the bias tape when you're sewing. I think when with his, he lays down the shape and then he just sews through the bias tape. But aside from that difference, um, I use like all the tools that he has in his video.
2: And then when you apply and sew the bias tape, is the quilt already sandwiched or it's still in quilt top form? Still quilt top form.
1: Because I don't want the, although my first quilt, the bunny one that I was, or the one that the baby mm-hmm. quilt that I made for my daughter that didn't go very well, I did sandwich it first. <laughs> that's the only one. So that's what lesson learned from that one is I, um, You know, because it is a lot – you're rotating Mm. your quilt a lot to get all these shapes. You really don't want to be shoving a full sandwiched quilt through the throat of your machine. So, yeah, just the top um, and then quilt it later. But I love quilting that goes right over applique. And I think that that is not something that everyone likes. I think some people like to trace applique. They don't think that you should do like a full – edge-to-edge pattern over applique like you do on patchwork, but I do. So that's why I'm able to do the design first and lay down the bias tape because I want the quilting to be exactly the same as if it was a patchwork quilt. So the you can just quilt right over the bias tape lines, right over the applique shapes. Um, so that that's my process, but I think it's horrifying to some people who are more traditionalist in their applique style. <laughs> Could you tell us more about the, about your handy quilter frame? Yes, I got that handy quilter frame from my quilt guild and um, it was donated to the guild. Uh, And I think I was the only person who bid on it. So I got it for like (laughs) (laughs) an opening bid of, I think they basically said, name your price. And I said, how about $20? Assuming it would like get bid up after that, but no one did. So I think I got it for 20 bucks and um, I use it with my Juki, TL 2010 cube. So this is a straight stitch domestic machine. It's not a long arm machine. And, you know, there's not a lot to say here. I'm actually really bad at it. (laughs) I'm not, I can see how someone could get really good at it if they practiced more than I do. Um, And I think it would be a really economical way to just get a taste of long arm quilting and not invest in a machine and be able to do some free motion designs that, you can't do as easily you know moving your quilt through so um yeah I like that handy quilter frame it's a cool like old school little trolley and stuff but I have to admit I'm really
0: really bad at it so when you are when you're quilting your um, applique quilt tops do you do do you just typically throw it on your machine or do you like set up the handy quilter and do it that way I do
1: walking foot quilting on my machine, mostly various kind of straight line designs, like maybe a curved edge to edge design, but pretty much just straight line walking foot. Although honestly, at this point, I basically send every quilt I have (laughs) to to Sarah Campbell at Stitch Mode Quilts and let her wrestle with it instead.
2: (laughs) Actually, so going back to the handy quarter frame. Like what is this? Sorry, <laughs> you guys okay. are talking about it. And I'm like, okay. What is this? This is. I'm not
1: even sure what year they came out, but let's say they came out. I don't know, 30 years ago, because you cannot. There's no YouTube setup video for this. It's like a VHS videotape <gasps> comes with this thing. This, so I think this is called the. It doesn't really have a name. It's called the original Handy Quilter. Before Handy Quilter went on and made like actual long arms, they had this thing that was a, it's a set of plastic rails that you literally tape down to a table. I mean, in the video, they show you taking packing tape and taping these rails down (laughs) to a table. And then you, so you tape it down and then there's this little kind of two-way trolley. It's a little trolley that you set your, it's like Imagine a table with some wheels and then another table on top that the wheels go the opposite direction. And then you set your machine on that and it rolls down the little tracks that you have taped onto your
0: (laughs) table.
2: That sounds very dangerous. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it is like, I definitely keep my kids away. Don't touch the, don't get close to the table. Cause it is kind of rolling off the side. It has stops on the side, but not really like, you know, it's all taped together. So it's a little dangerous, but it, it, I've seen people, I've seen videos of people using this today like Mm -hmm. kind of in a retro way I don't know I feel like people now kind of just use it ironically (laughs) but but they're amazing I mean there are people who do just thread like amazing thread art using just this old school like their machine on this weird little trolley and these (laughs) these you know rails taped to their table and they're doing it. it's very, it's very freehand because your machine is heavy, like you're moving the whole weight of your sewing machine and trying to like keep it in control. And then you'll hit a bump like on your table where your tape <laughs> your tracks are not taped down properly, and it'll be like kchunk. And then but there's some people who are actually really good at it and I think have turned it into kind of this weird retro art. <laughs>
2: Are there are there YouTube videos out there of people using them now? Yeah, okay. there's
1: YouTube videos of people using them. And there may even be, I think someone may have I saw this later after I had to I had to go to Goodwill and buy a VHS VCR in ask. order to watch the video. <laughs> oh my gosh, to you showed your VHS. To, no, I don't I think I like gave it back to Goodwill after I got it to watch the handy quilter setup video. And then I watched Handy Quilter quilter setup video but I think now someone has like videotaped the video on their television because I saw it on YouTube Okay. so now there's like a weird grainy version but you can actually watch the original handy quilter setup video that I got on my VHS tape on YouTube okay everything makes it to YouTube eventually right
2: (laughs) yeah I'll um add that to the show notes I'll I'll find it yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on one hand, I think that,
0: like, kind of retro vintage experience, like, it feels like kind of cultural anthropology in a funny way. Going back, finding the VHS tapes is really cool. I, on the flip side, I think this would be such a cool, like, updated um, – uh, product for Kickstarter. Like this would be so much fun. Like everyone d- dresses in 80s gear. Like you recreate <laughs> the VHS. Like I just, this is ripe for parody.
2: <laughs>
0: I love what? it. Well, yeah. I'm I am I'm just writing down notes on my Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter. Add this to the shopping list. I need a hair crimper. Yeah,
0: yeah. Eyeshadow.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'll be in that video. The rest of oh, the thank time. You, I was like, like, why am I envisioning this like aerobic color? Right now, that's what oh I'm thinking. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I'm
1: imagining it. And we're in. All like okay.
2: handy quilter,
1: and in and out, Man. and roll down, roll it down,
2: tighten <laughs> <laughs> out those core, work exactly, <laughs> <Exactly. Exactly. laughs> those biceps. <laughs> that would be a workout pushing your machine around. Mm-hmm.
0: I, can, <laughs> I can barely carry mine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Damn,
2: Exactly. So
1: you get like, you know, abs of steel and like a really sloppy quilted quilt <laughs> at the end.
2: And then for warm up, we'll do spots with the sewing machine. Yeah, exactly.
1: I love it.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: I'll come up with a business name for that.
0: Yes, please do. And I will buy the, I'll do it. I'm doing it. This is our I'm next in. side hustle. So you mentioned that you um, won this handy quilter machine at your guild. You're a member of the Santa Monica Quilt Guild. Was this another Judith dragged you along to a quilt guild meeting, or separate from Judith? Yes, Judith is in this. Judith is
1: <laughs> a very active member in the Santa Monica Quilt Guild. Um, and oh my gosh, are you guys in a are you guys in quilt guilds? Nah, no, no. Amanda and I are in quilt guild in New York. <laughs> I will not miss a Santa Monica Quilt Guild meeting. Well, I mean, I miss them so much because they're virtual right now, but. So you guys are not in guild me, but let me tell you what these, let me tell you what these meetings are like. (laughs) What are we missing out? (laughs) And I don't know if this is what all quilt guilds are like, but this, and this may be because most, I think a good percentage of our members are retired. And so they spend like Judith much of their time quilting. And and so, but this, this is a meeting. Okay. You walk in snack table full of like a full spread homemade cookies, Mm -hmm. casseroles, little sandwiches, (gasps) pastries. You get a little plate. And you sit down with your little potluck and then the show and tell and everyone stands up and they show these beautiful quilts they've made and we clap and it's really like amazing and heartwarming. And then there's a guest speaker and a trunk show. And so it's like a more amazing quilt in person that you can just go up and touch. And I mean, and then, okay, after the speaker, we have a raffle, a dollar per raffle ticket no and you will win. A jar of homemade jam, or like a hand sewn pouch, or a small bundle of fabric. And then you, at the end, on the way out, there's the free stuff table where everybody has just dropped off all like the fabric and the notions and their quilting books that they don't want anymore. And you just take what you want. I mean, is that not like the most delightful way to spend two hours?
0: <laughs> <It's, that's laughs> yeah, that does
1: sound you have very nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Snacks, raffles, homemade jam, clapping at quilts. Oh I I just, the guild meetings are like so precious to me. I really love them. <laughs> uh,
2: what are your quilting goals for this year?
1: Okay, I officially have no quilting goals. Good for you. I yeah, have made it you. a point of eliminating any goals from quilting for me. Um, you know I'm really kind of very protective of it now as a hobby that has no deadlines, no expectations, no striving. Like I do I do that enough in my job and mm-hmm. in other aspects of my life. So I decided that quilting just has to be 100% a way to relax, recharge, have it as a creative outlet, and I just I love it so much more that way. So, yeah, I've made a goal to make no goals. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> a <good> goal. Goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready, Emily? Ready. Okay, Anna, why don't you kick us off? Okay. What is your favorite time of day to quilt? I only have time to
1: quilt at night. And where do you sew? In my bedroom. Do you wear socks? No, do you wear shoes while sewing? No shoes. Probably barefoot. I wear flip-flops like 90% of the year. So throw off the flip-flops and then sew barefoot.
0: Nice. Brag about that California lifestyle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence while sewing? Silence. Favorite snack while quilting? Boba tea. (laughs) A favorite traditional block? Bare paw. What is your favorite color? Teal. What's your favorite brand of solids? Art gallery. What's your favorite art gallery color? Maldives. What color fabric do you use the most? Teal and black. Solids or print fabrics? Prints. Who is your
0: favorite fabric designer?
1: I really like Japanese prints. So like Emioka or um, Kumiko Fujita.
0: What is the last fabric you bought?
1: Oh, I bought out all the remaining yardage that my local quilt shop had of Rise by Melody Miller. It's that one with like Mm -hmm. the snakes and the shiny like copper foil on it. Oh, it's so weird and so pretty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite quilt shop?
1: Sewing Art Center. That's my local quilt shop, but they're online too. How do you organize
2: your fabrics?
1: I fold them all up and I put them in these stacking boxes that I got free from Costco, um, which I recently lined with acid-free paper, thanks to a tip from Andrea of Third Story
0: Workshop. Ah, <laughs> do you organize them by preciousness? I
1: organize them chronologically based on when I bought them. So they just, whatever the next thing is, gets smooshed in the front.
0: Interesting. Huh. So what do you do with your scraps? Because you've got some pretty funky ones.
1: Yeah, I just chop off the dangly bits and then I fold them in a box in my closet. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? A friction pen. And I know some people are going to freak out that I use those on fabric, but they're what the is best. It's a friction pen. Yeah, what is that? Yes. Oh, they're those heat, they're the heat erase ones. So you can write on it and it's like it looks it's like permanent pen when you've written on it. I mean, I think it's technically permanent, which is why people freak out that I use it on fabric. But then you hit it with an iron and it disappears like magic disappearing ink. Oh, it's amazing. And I have tried to break myself of this and use every other like marking utensil there is, but I cannot break myself of the friction pen. They're so good. What's
2: your favorite ruler size? The Stripology Extra Large Ruler. What thread brand do you use? Aurifil. Pressing preference. Open, dot side, whatever works. To the side. I really
1: like nesting seams. You feel them click into place. Oh, there's nothing better.
2: (laughs) Who has time to nest seams?
1: Who has time to iron open? I, all the time you're spending ironing open, you could spend clicking your little seams into place in a very satisfying way.
0: <laughs> in our um, in our '80s aerobic video, we're gonna have some clicking seams. I think that's gonna yes. have to be an underlying like beat. It's like a yeah. finger workout. It's
2: great. Yeah. Pick one: HSTs,
0: curves, or flying geese. Curves. Go-to long arm quilter Sarah Campbell.
1: Stitch mode quilts.
2: Uh, machine or handbind?
1: Machine. Spray, pin, or thread-based? I use a little bit of fusible powder and then some pins. Powder? Ooh, I've never heard of that, that before. before. So I got this fusible powder that you just sprinkle a little bit on, and then it's like a glue. But I think it's kind of semi-permanent, so you don't want to put a ton and have it be all stiff. Um, and then that way I don't have to use as many pins. I'll put some pins also, but... That's been my happy medium. And it comes in like a little cardboard tube. So I feel like that's more eco-friendly. You can toss it in the compost when you're done. Do
0: you pre-wash
1: always, sometimes, never? Always pre-wash. Always. What's your favorite part of the quilting process? Laying down the bias tape, specifically like the fusible pressing part around the shapes. And what's your least
2: favorite part?
1: Currently attaching the binding. I've really been struggling with wavy bindings recently. Wavy
0: binding. Uh, What is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Ripping fabric. No, that's not a bad habit. Some people are horrified by it. Why? Some think It's
1: terrible. It sounds really they cool. It's bad and it, like, you know, ruins the weave and then it's wasteful because you kind of, you know, you got to cut off what, a quarter inch, a half inch after you've. That's how you get a proper straight edge. Um, straight edge. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's fast. It's very satisfying. Oh my God. Just... Yeah, I love the it. Just... Anyway, I've done it in front of people who have been like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, I love it. But I've, apparently that's a bad habit to some people.
2: So who's your cool TBFF? <laughs>
1: Donna of XOXO. And then who is your quilty crush? I am a huge Mary Fawns fangirl.
0: What is your favorite recent make?
1: I really liked the Prison Boots quilt, which Wendy described as the Hello Kitty quilt, which I think is also an apt name for it. It's like 90s grunge baby doll inspired pink and black quilt.
2: (laughs) How many quilts are in your whip pop now?
1: Two. If I have any more than that, I will get overwhelmed and I will not work on any of them. So two is my max. And where do you store them? Draped across my ironing board.
0: And do you have any other interests or hobbies?
1: Thrifting. I love going to flea markets and also taking care of my (laughs) houseplants.
0: And the boba tea.
1: And making my own boba tea.
0: Okay, so we've got just a couple more questions for you. First up are, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why?
1: One is Machen Marie. She makes these very chic quilted bags. And I have learned a lot from her about eco-friendly quilting and sewing practices. And then Emily Traon, I think. I think it's French. Um, She Millie.tra is her Instagram handle. And she makes these um, pieced curves and these bold color palettes. It's really beautiful. If you haven't looked, go check her out. And then you should follow Millennial Horror Story. It's a meme account. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the best one.
2: (laughs) Okay. So before we sign off, do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with us? Yes.
1: I am starting a bias tape applique quilt using the Dream Fabric line by Christy Lee. She's Quiet Play on Instagram. Um, It's her Riley Blake line that I think comes out in June this year. And my quilt is tentatively titled, How Dare You.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found most easily on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth
2: Studio. Wendy. I am the dot Weekend Quilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Emily. Emily Watts Quilts. Or
0: you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Bye. 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 Bye.